Disclaimer, Poison Center Pointers is brought to you by the Northern New England Poison Center. This podcast is not to replace timely advice or recommendations. If you have an actual poisoning emergency, scenario, or question, contact the Northern New England Poison Center by calling 1-800-222-1222, text the word POISON to 85511, or chat online at nnepc.org. Welcome to Poison Center Pointers, a podcast presented to you by Northern New England Poison Center. Hello to our listeners and welcome back to Poison Center Pointers. My name is Chris. I'm here yet again with my co-hosts Carly and Carolyn. Hey everybody. Hello. We are your friendly neighborhood specialists in poison information. Just as a reminder of what we like to do here on Poison Center Pointers, we just want to share our knowledge and experiences dealing with everyday situations we help manage at the Poison Center. And our goal is to keep our community safe by preventing a poisoning or, or making sure you know what to do if a poisoning occurs. This one might be a little bit more exciting than um, uh, giving you some background information or talking about bugs, <laughs> depending <laughs> bugs on your interests. Bugs are pretty cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> today we're talking about common childhood exposures, yes. the meat and potatoes of what poison centers do, if you will. Yes. And it's great to have Carolyn here because, you know, she's been taking calls on children getting into substances they shouldn't since my mother had me as a child. <laughs> Boy, did she call all the time. Yes. Chris yes. was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> he still is. That's neither here nor there. But what we do want to cover today is um, what it's like, first off, if you call the Poison Center, situation happens, you're panicked, your child gets into something. What's it going to be like if you call us? Then just talk briefly about um, a, a couple uh, things that your child might get into. Right, exactly. Um, and then um, on top of that, some prevention tips so that maybe you won't even have to call us in the first place. Right. We want to hear from you, but yeah. yes. we don't want anyone to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. So in that instance, say little kiddo gets into something, you're worried, you pick up the phone, you dial our number. What's it going to be like when you call the Poison Center? Definitely is, is stressful, but we're here for you. So you'll call the number, which is 1-800-222-1222. She knows it by heart. I do. <laughs> I've worked here for a little bit now. I know the number. <laughs> a little bit. And um, so you'll get a menu at first, and you'll be prompted to select a number that goes along with why you're calling. So there's a number that you'd select for exposure, and you will get us right away. Don't worry, but if you call the wrong, press the wrong number, we'll help you no matter what. Yeah, we'll still help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we'll ask you some information. I mean, just kind of like Starbucks, we'll ask you for your first name and some other personal yeah. you information. Don't get a coffee, though. <laughs> and for the most part, the most important thing we are going to assess the situation we'll ask you a series of questions and we'll help determine how to manage the situation and if you listen to our first episode you'll know that 90 percent of the time we manage them on the spot mm-hmm. right right so the children so you don't have to go to the emergency room that's that's what we're hoping to prevent hoping to be able to give you the information that you need to know at home and potentially even follow up with you if you still have concerns right and you can certainly request that if you'd like to talk to us. That's what we're here for. Yes, absolutely. So what is it that kiddos get into? What do we get all our calls on? Oh my gosh, a lot of our calls are on medicines. And not just children's medicines, but that's a lot of it. A lot in it's over-the-counter as well as prescription. Some of the more common over-the-counter meds are things that are like pain relievers, like you would take for a headache, or cough and cold meds, or multivitamins. And anything can be a problem, depending on how much you take and the size of the person. So we will ask things like, what does it say on the label? What are the exact name of the active ingredients and the amount? 
Might even ask, uh, you know, how much your child weighs, get some background health information for them. That's usually important, too. A lot of medications that we deal with aren't necessarily going to cause symptoms, even if it is a toxic amount. So those weight-based calculations are really important, and we are trained to do those to make sure it's in a safe range for kids to stay home. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, and some meds, you know, things like cough and colds, there's several different active ingredients. Mm -hmm. So we'll do a calculation for each ingredient in there. Mm -hmm. So that we can make sure all of it, whether it's safe or not, for that child yes. to stay home. And exactly. we are conservative. You know, if we, we don't know the exact amount the child got, we'll go by what the worst case scenario right. was, how much they could have gotten at maximum. Yeah. Exactly. I always feel sometimes like we're a little bit, we're part detective. You know, we'll help <laughs> yeah. you yes. figure out. Even <laughs> yes. though people say, I have no idea how much the child got. Yeah. And then we can ask those questions that we can't tell you exactly what happened and yeah. we don't try to. But we can maybe help you figure out the mm-hmm. most possible. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are certain medications where even a very small amount can be a concern. Mm-hmm. Ones that we typically worry about would be prescription pain medications such as opioids, uh, medications for heart health, and medications for diabetes. Yeah. There's ways that anything can be a problem, but those specific categories are ones where small amounts may even be fatal. So it just is some of the ones that we will specifically ask about. But um, And we're trained on a drug-by-drug basis right. as yeah. to assess the corresponding toxicity. Exactly. And it's just important for you to know that there are some meds that they can be really, really dangerous and in a short period of time. So yeah. again, don't wait to call. Maybe a category of calls we get that's a little less scary than when your kiddo gets into medication, personal care products, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like what do we get calls on? Oh, things uh, like diaper rash cream, mm-hmm. lotion, yep. shampoos and soaps, toothpaste, stuff yep. that kids use or you use on kids. I remember when I first started working here, the first call I got were a seven-month-old or somebody of that about that age bit into a tube of diaper rash cream and I thought how does a seven-month-old get a tube of diaper rash cream and the parent said oh I gave it to them while I was changing the diaper and I thought why would a parent do that and then I had children (laughs) and I realized if you don't give them something then you can't change the diaper Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. just remember though there's there's always that time that they're going to be able to bite into it or get into it or open it or whatever it might be um just be careful with those products and uh, and again we we know a range of commercially available products right um right. that we're aware of what the concerns of toothpaste would be versus hair conditioner right. mm-hmm. and exactly. we can go into detail and that sort of thing with you yep. yeah um, exactly. cleaners huh mm-hmm. do we get calls on cleaners Cleaners are a very common call. Uh, You know, it could be like a disinfectant, dish soap, laundry detergent, kind of a really popular thing, not popular, but sort of uh, well-known exposure right now is laundry pods. Yeah, Tide Pod Challenge. Eh, Yeah, why? Why? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, or bleach, you know, there's just other products out there that you never really know if there's going to be an exposure. And Similar to the personal cup products, there's just a large range of, you know, something that maybe is a little bit less toxic versus things that are very, very toxic and dangerous. And so that's what we're trained to distinguish. And we know all sorts of weird chemical names that it would be weird for you to know otherwise if you didn't do this job. (laughs) So if you can bring that bottle with you and read the label, it's very helpful. And we're usually pretty good at kind of narrowing it down. That's so important, the exact name of the product, if at all possible, is really, really helpful. And we don't help just help with injections. 
suggestions. We also help if it gets in the eye or gets on the skin. I mean, sometimes, you know, another sibling will, the baby doesn't smell good because they have a full diaper and they'll spray deodorizer on them. I think they're being helpful. <laughs> right. Um, I, I'm not making this up, really. These things happen. <laughs> yeah. And we can help. We can help tell you how to flush an eye or, yeah. you know, how to wash the skin appropriately or whatever it might be. Sure, mm. sure. Speaking of how important it is to, you know, have the packaging available, Chris, do you want to talk about the actual yes. laws regarding yes. packaging? So, oh my gosh, right. so poison prevention, the Poison Prevention Packaging Act has been around since 1970, and what, what that is relevant to is child-resistant packaging for prescription drugs, over-the-counter drugs, um, these household chemicals we're talking about, and any other hazardous materials that kiddos could get into. In particular, we find um, it could be a concern with kids when they get into medication. You know when you buy a bottle from the store and it's it's pesky, you can't get the lid off, and it's frustrating? Maybe Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that's by design. Basically, the standard is the agency that regulates this sort of stuff. They want children under the age of five. They want at least 80% of children to not be able to open it within five minutes of coming to contact. Uh, An important note, 80% is not 100%. Right. Yeah. And I, there's I, clever kids out I there. I swear, there's more than twenty percent that can open them. They're they're not childproof. They're resistant and resistant at best. Yes. Common yes. misconception too. People yeah. call all the time and say it was child resistant, childproof, yeah. and it, it's, it's not. Just sometimes slows them down. Yeah. But yeah. they can sometimes still get into it. Well, going so along with poison yeah. preventioning. Poison Prevention Packaging Act. Why don't we talk about some prevention tips, huh? Sure. The the first one, of course, is, and you've heard this before, keep everything up and out of sight in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But there is that day when that two-and-a-half-year-old learns to climb. Valuable life skill <laughs> oh is not gosh. in this context. That's right. Yeah. Or they know that oh, they, they figure out, because they're so smart, how to move the chair over to climb on the chair. Mm-hmm. And just, so just remember that. Just try and think about where they can't get into maybe the maybe the cabinet you can lock it with one of those right. cabinet locks mm-hmm. exactly a lot of the time they'll watch you and because they know that they're not supposed to have it they'll right. try even harder to get it that's right <laughs> i think all the parents already know that one. yeah <laughs> yes, um, probably true. <laughs> um yeah. we get a lot of calls on kiddos who get into uh, substances stored underneath the kitchen or bathroom sink right, mm-hmm. right. that's another way that locks might come in handy up and yeah. away or locked right yeah. And even when you're using it, just remembering to put it away mm-hmm. as soon as you can every time is important. It seems like a simple concept, but in the moment when there's so much going on, it can be easy to forget or even delay it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a lot of calls where if someone is doing laundry, for example, and they just took out a laundry pod to do the laundry and you look back and suddenly the kiddo's in the laundry pod container. Right. Same yeah. thing with meds. You know, you go to dose one child with something, a, a multivitamin or an antibiotic and then the other child grabs it while yeah. you're turned with one child you know? mm-hmm. filling up the weekly pill binder that's right. a really common oh one yeah too. very common mm-hmm. yeah um one thing we can do is, is um you know depending on our child's age teaching them about what exactly medicine is for mm-hmm. right because yeah. what kind of situations do we encounter where children misinterpret what the medication does yeah that so if you were to put medication and pictures of candy in a lineup it would be really hard to pick out which <laughs> was which even for an adult yeah it's um, true. And so it's one of those things where it's so close to looking like something that a kid would be happy to eat. We just want to make sure we teach them that medicine is not candy. Right. 
Um, Some people actually use that with the child won't take the medicine, they'll call it candy, and then, you know, that sort of sets up for them potentially getting into something later on when they they find that they have access to it. So just be careful of that. What else do kiddos love besides candy? Toys. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. We, we encounter situations where children will be allowed to play with a bottle because it shakes. Sounds, Sounds like, like a rattle, rattle or yeah. a maraca. Yeah. <laughs> also not recommended because, again, that lid can pop right off. It's mm-hmm. not it's not completely child-proof. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We got any other good prevention tips that we've learned through well, the years? keeping products in their original containers, that's a huge oh, one. Oh, yeah. You yeah, always need sure. to do that. Don't, don't put medicines in baggies, um, mm-hmm. which are not child-resistant at all, and you often don't know how many are in there or sometimes what's in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we gotten a call where someone says they accidentally drank something that they put in a different container, like a Gatorade mm-hmm. bottle? Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people, you know, or accidentally yeah, drink <laughs> gas or hydrogen yeah. peroxide yeah. on accident. And some of you yeah. are thinking, what? Well, wait a minute what what people did what you know that's and other others are saying oh yeah i've done that before <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. I, had, I had a guy put antifreeze in his gatorade bottle and it looked blue yeah yeah so, and you drink it or a child might drink it it's really antifreeze is very toxic and dangerous yeah. yes we, had, we can get into that in the future yeah right. i know carolyn yeah. you, you had brought up that story you had of that patient who um yeah who, who, what did he do with their driving road? yes yeah, this person was driving down the road and they had a cleaner was in the water bottle they were transporting it and they forgot they were so thirsty that they drank a huge mouthful <laughs> pulled into a stranger's driveway started throwing up and the call actually came from the stranger the person who was the homeowner <laughs> was good Samaritan. very yeah very strange case <laughs> something um, going on in my driveway yeah exactly <laughs> and, and that person was very calm actually but um you know we were able to figure out what happened and luckily yeah. luckily everybody was okay yeah but can you imagine it's it's bad enough if you do it sitting in your garage like what what chris was just talking about with the gatorade but can you imagine you're driving down the road and yeah. you do that it just i mean what if they were on the highway that could have been yeah, yeah. true yeah and these are all they all may come off as common sense when you're listening but there's a lot that goes into it when the situation occurs you know mm-hmm. having a young child is arguably right. the most stressful thing in the world so right stressful. Yeah. lack yeah. of sleep so just a few pointers we have yeah, the cdc actually online has a couple other points you can look to a cdc.gov slash medication safety there's mm-hmm. some other resources for you if you'd like to keep reading into what else you could do to keep the kiddos safe yeah. right and again this is a brief overview of, of some of the substances kids get into we yep. could we could have an hour-long discussion on pretty much any one of these categories yeah, yeah no and, question. and we hope to down the line so that's we about... have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes, and we have plenty more anecdotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's about all we're looking to cover today. We want to thank you again for listening into this episode of Poison Center Pointers. You can like, share, and subscribe to us on Facebook and Twitter. If you want more information, you can visit our website at nnepc.org. But remember, if there's an actual poisoning emergency scenario or even just a question, you can contact the Northern New England Poison Center at 1-800-222-1222. You can text the word POISON to 85511, or you can chat with us online at nnepc.org. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Next episode, we're going to get into some seasonal items. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs>